morning, church. Morning. It's good to see you today. We'll get the mic on here in just a minute, I'm sure. But God is good, Amen. All right. Dustin and Jessica Arnold have brought their little Amelia with them today. On Tuesday, they had a little baby, and we're just delighted that they're here today. Give them a round of applause. She she looks wonderful, and uh, we're glad to have you today. Jessica, it's great to have your mother with us today as well. And we're just delighted for that. A lot of little babies being born around here. We're thankful for that as well. Well, he felt like a failure. It's all he could do, seemingly, is do the wrong thing in life. He began to fantasize about being rich, and so he decided that he was going to take up the occupation of bank robbing. But he had a problem. He would begin to build a strategy and had it all worked out, but he had this anxiety problem. He always would paralyze him to be able to go and carry it forth. And so every time he would begin to do it or say, I'm going to do it, he'd just fail at it. Well, one night he was determined, no matter what happens, tomorrow's the day, I've got to do it, I'm going to do it, and that's just it, final. And so he makes up his mind. So he gets in the car the next morning and drives to the bank, and he sits in the parking lot for one hour and two hours and three hours and five hours and seven hours. And he finally says to himself, okay, this is it, I have to do it, now's the time. So he gets out of the car, he walks in to the bank, he goes up to the teller's window, he hands her the pistol, he sticks a brown paper bag in her face, and simply says, don't stick me up, this is a mess up. (laughs) Failures in life. A lot of people feel like that in life, but I want to tell you today that failures and faith, or failure and faith, really go hand in hand. I don't like failures, and I'm sure that you don't either, but the truth is, we fail. Anybody in here hasn't failed? Okay, we all have something in common. The ones that say they haven't failed, they've just failed. All right. But the truth is, and when you look at this, if you look at the Olympics, I love watching the Olympics, or some of it, I guess. And um, so nonetheless, if you watch that, about 95%, we know about 95% of the the top athletes in the world go home failures. No trophy, no medal at all. But like them, many of us, we try seemingly, we try hard and yet we fail. And perhaps there's where you're at in your life right now. Undoubtedly in an audience this size, there's someone is feeling as though they failed at something. It's a job that maybe you started and you had high hopes for, but it just hasn't panned out to be what you thought it would be. A marriage that begun with with this great hope has ended in tears. Maybe it's the children, constant concern despite uh, our hopes for them and their, their lives and how they're shaped out and maybe where they're headed in life. Politicians that disappoint us over and over and over and over again. Friendships that are betrayed in our lives. Prayers that do not seemingly get answered in our lives. Even those things that we do manage to succeed in or achieve in our life often disappoint us when we arrive. We thought it would be better than this. We thought it would be different than this. We thought this one would really make us happy. And yet we found disappointment. The sense of failure is never far from the surface of any of us. 
even Christians. So I feel it's necessary that we talk about it. Failures and faith. You know, we are called to be these people of great faith. We're called to be people of faith, I should say that, first of all. We're called to be these people of faith. And I, I find that interesting that God has called us to be these people of faith, and yet He knew that we would fail again and again and again and again, but He calls us to be people of faith, James chapter 1. So what do we do when we fail? For most of us, what we do is we normally wipe off the tears. We shout a frustration to God or to someone else. We have our little pity parties on occasions. And eventually we tighten up our bootstraps and we gather a little steam of hope that's left within us. Put on our smiley faces and head out the door. And we turn on the faith spigot and we pray like the dickens that something of faith falls out. According to Scripture... Faith is a growing ingredient. All throughout the Gospels where Jesus was here, He talked about faith. He said of His disciples in Matthew, He says they had little faith. He also told them in the book of Mark, He said, you have no faith. And then they asked God or Christ Himself in Luke 17, He said, increase, they said, increase our faith. And yet he said about the centurion, he said, you have great faith. And of the woman that brought her daughter for the healing, he said, you also have this great faith. There's measures of faith, apparently, in that process. It's interesting to me, however, throughout Scripture, when you read about it, the ones that should have had the greatest of faith are the ones that had sometimes seemingly least amount of faith. Ever been there? Ever been a part of that in your life? We don't like it, but it's there. In John 14, he said, I tell you the truth as though he could tell anything different than that. I tell you the truth. Anyone who hears or has faith in me will do what I have been doing. What was he doing? He was doing good things. But yet you will do even greater things. Greater things? Yes. Through your faith. Through your faith in who? Not yourself, but in him. The challenge is there for all of us, for all Christians to live in faith. We're called to live by faith and not by sight. We know that. We're taught that from the time that we're young. And the scriptures listed in the program today, if you look back at it, at Luke 18, the last part of it. I don't want to take it out of context, but in regards to that, it talks about how, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Is it there? Jesus asked, how much of that kind of faith, how much of that kind of faith will be on earth when I come again? How much will there be and will you have the faith? If he were to come today, would he see faith in us? A true faith. I sure hope he returns on one of my good days because I don't know about you, but I have some bad days. Faith. Faith in God. Hope. It's not a matter if you fail, it's when we fail, isn't it, in life? And I'm not here to tell you when you fail at something, you're sinning. And when you sin, you fail. But because you fail doesn't mean that you're sinning. We go through that. But the truth is, we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. And the word all there, go ahead with that, and that word all there connects the truth to all of us. doesn't say some of us, a few of us. A couple of you, 
It says all of us. No one, write it down, no one has an everyday perfect day. We just don't happen. I have some really good days. Anybody have a good day this week? Anybody have a bad day this week? Anybody have a good day and a bad day this week? All right. That's kind of how it works. So no one has this everyday perfect day. We like them. We'd like for it to be. We like when we stand in front of the preacher and and all of the audience. We like to say, I do and I mean it. Every day is a perfect day like the honeymoon day. But we all know that have been married for any length of time, such as a week. We realize (laughs) the honeymoon comes to an end. But there's still honeymoon days that I have. And then there's some honeydew days that I have. We're all like that in our lives. That is why we have to put our trust in Him, our faith in Him, every day. Uh, Psalms 25 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Not some of the day, but all day. All the days. Now, yes, I believe that great is His faithfulness. Give me an amen. But the problem I have is that I oftentimes mess it up. Not His, but mine. So if it's true that faith must must require something more than just doing, and it is, faith, if it requires doing something, and it does, but then in that doing, it can also... It involves a thing called risk. And with risk always comes the element of failure in our lives. So oftentimes we don't grow spiritually because we are unwilling to take the risk in which God says is actually what is, what is part of the process of having faith in our lives. If you've been a Christian for a good length amount of time and you find yourself not growing, it is because you have failed to take the risk that comes with being faithful in what God has called you to be faithful in. Adrian Rogers was famous in saying these words, failure need not be fatal and it doesn't have to be final. I like that. It doesn't have to be. We choose for it to be. God doesn't. Can we not see in Scripture time and time again where God simply says, again, 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 and allows those second and third and fifth and hundredth chances in our lives? Anybody but me? It's there for us. It doesn't have to be final. Because you've lost the job, because you've lost the marriage, because you've lost this in your life, or because that happened in your life, you choose that to be final. God doesn't, because He's God. Henry Ford was right when he said that failure was the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. All teachers and all coaches teach that, or at least they should. When I played football, my coach would always tell me, I was running back, and I was fast. And he would say, don't outrun your blocker. He's got to make the hole for you. You're fast, but you're not that strong. When he makes the hole for you, then turn on the afterburners. Beep, beep. Then you run. 
And so that's what happens to us in our lives. It gives us an opportunity to realize that when we fail, now we can do it more intelligently. You see why I told you to stay on his hip? Oh yeah, makes sense. I don't get hurt as much. Aha, intelligent now. Now I can move through that. It's the same in our Christian walk. God shows us. He directs us in His Word. We, we, we outrun the block that He's prepared for us and we get smacked by life. Listen to me. Don't outrun your block, your blocker. Don't outrun Him until God opens it up and then run like the Dickens. Oftentimes we take the hits because we are trying to do it on our own. We think that we are more intelligent than God. How is that possible, huh? Somehow, oh, I know that's what your word says, God. But you know, I really think, coach, I really think if I cut left and he's going left, it's going to be okay. You're going to look like an idiot when you run into your blocker and fall down. When your own teammate tackles you, you know you ran the wrong play. It happens that way, but it happens that way in our Christian walk as well. So while I do believe that he can do all things, give me an amen, I deal with me. If it was just dealing with him, I'd be great, but I deal with me every day. I've seen me get knocked down before, and I'm sure you have as well. Oh, I know what it's like, I know what it's like to hit a home run to win the game on several occasions, but I also know what it's like to strike out in a state championship game and lose the game. Not the same feeling. Failures. Failure is one of the things in life that we all have in common, young and old alike. It doesn't just happen with your children. It happens with you, the adult. It doesn't just happen with parents. It happens with grandparents. And it doesn't just happen with grandparents. It happens with great-grandparents. And it doesn't just happen with those. It happens with the preacher. We fail. We fail. We have it in common. I don't like mine any more than you like yours. And I don't really mind if you tell me yours, but I'm probably not going to tell you mine. Because I like to keep mine hidden from you. And sometimes we're really good about hiding our failures, aren't we? And sometimes we're even good about hiding our failures to ourselves. We look in the mirror and we don't want to look into the eyes that are in the mirror. We take a glance... We might look at the pimple on our face. We might see if we got a good shave. We might see if I have our makeup on just right. But we really seldom look into the eyes that are seeing us. Into the depths of our souls. When Noah built the ark, he was taking a risk. When Abraham left his family, he took a risk. When, when Peter stepped out of the boat, he took a risk. None of these men were perfect because if you read just a little bit deeper on, you see their failures in life as well. The failure that Noah had when he disobeyed God, when he stepped out of the ark. You would think that he would have known something about God, but yet he did some pretty detestable things after that if you read the story. You read about Abraham, and Abraham let fear drive him to say, oh, it's not my wife, it's just my sister. Moses jumps the gun, if you will, and cost him greatly. Rahab, the prostitute, failed over and over again when she turned on that red light. David's failures are so much recorded in Scripture, I don't know that we've discovered all of them yet. And yet he's a man after God's own heart. Failure. 
it comes not only to Peter, but all of the disciples. And not only all of the disciples, but all of the disciples of Christ today. In my reading of the Scripture, and I'm sure that you read God's Word, but in my reading of Scripture, I've only read of one that has never failed, and his name isn't Harley-Davidson. It's Jesus. Now we know that trusting God requires faith. Scripture teaches us in Hebrews chapter 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. We know that scripture. Again, if you've been part of a church anywhere, you know that one's taught to you. It's drilled into us. And it's a beautiful scripture because it tells us what true faith really is. You see it before you see it. It's at a distance, but yet you see it. Clearly, because of your faith. While on vacation, we were blessed, Don and I were blessed to uh, be with our daughter and her husband and our grandkids in the little community that they live during 4th of July. And um, it's a little place outside of St. Louis, about 40 miles, called DeSoto. And they say it's one of the exact spots to be during this this eclipse that's coming up. And she, she texted the other day and she said, there's gonna, there's an estimated an extra, uh, an extra 45,000 people that will be in that little community. I'm telling you, it's small. And I was like, she was like, wow, that's gonna be great. And I said, yeah, rent out your basement. It's the exact spot. Well, anyway, this little community does a wonderful, we've been there on several occasions during the 4th of July, and they put on this beautiful, wonderful display of fireworks for a little community. It is awesome. They do a great job. So we went to the park that day to watch the fire, or that evening to watch the fireworks, and it was wonderful. All of the beautiful colors, hear all the oohs and the ahs from the kids and the adults alike, especially my wife, she loves those. But I couldn't help but think, sitting there in that lounge chair, I couldn't help but think there, above all the fireworks, above all the beauty that they brought, there's a place called heaven. There's a place called heaven. And one day, one day, we will look down with all the oohs and the ahs of heaven. Because God's promised us that it's there for us. Now, I've never seen it. But I believe it. I have faith that it's there. Can I get an amen? Faith. Faith is our x-ray vision eyes, if you will. Again, it sees what you cannot see. It means that you see beyond what you see with hope connected to it. You see, some of you are going through something right now. There is no doubt. We're all going through something, if we're honest. We all have this priority list. And that priority list can move very quickly in our lives. One phone call today can change your priorities. That You know that. If you've lived any time at all, you know that. But, but some, somewhere, somebody is right now is going through something. It doesn't look very good. In fact, it looks pretty ugly. And it's hard for you to see beyond that. It's hard for you to see beyond that. And your faith is a little tested, if not a lot tested. And when you turn on the spigot of faith, your spigot of faith, It seems as though it's only a drop, and it is only a drop every now and then. 
it appears as though there's nothing left in your faith tank. Somebody's there. Carrie Pipkin told me of a song. She's part of a, a, a prayer group that my wife is in, and they text each other back every fourth every day. And she's also one of my prayer classes. She told me of a song several months ago now. It comes from the uh, group uh, Mercy Me. They're the ones that gave us the song. I can only imagine. And and there's a song called Even If. And if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to do so. But you really need to listen not just to the words. If you pull it up, you need to get to one at the concert because he really goes into a testimony and how the song came about. I was telling Chad about it this morning and, 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 and he gives the whole testimony of how he came about to write the song. Listen to some of the words as I say them for you. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now, I'm losing bad. I've stood on the stage night after night reminding the broken it'll be all right. But right now, oh, right now, I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just said the word. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. You've been faithful. You've been good. All of my days, Jesus, I will cling to you. Come what may, because I know you're able. I know you can. But this is the verse that I love. They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing, a little faith is all I have right now. But God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be able to sing, it is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul? You see, faith can be strong in one area and weak in another. In other words, faith can grow, but apparently it can shrink pretty quick. Being a Christian for 20 years doesn't mean that you have a master's degree in faith. I say that with respect, but let me tell you this, because today you can be proud of your master's degree, but tomorrow you can find yourself in preschool. Real quick. Please understand that God did not design us to avoid failure. He didn't design us to avoid it. What? He could have, but He didn't. He didn't design us to avoid failure. He has given us the power to overcome it. And we say, Amen. When I fail at something in life, I determine again whether I'm a failure. Say the words of the song, Oh, give me the strength to be able to sing, It is well with my soul. Because that's what counts. No matter what the world throws at you, no matter what comes, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what's beating you up, no matter whatever has put you down, no matter what seems to hold you, that barrier, 
remember, it is well with my soul. Remember, walking in faith is not about impressing people. In fact, it's not about even impressing God. As though we can impress God. Wow, look at his faith. Isn't it great? No, it's not. And when you get to it, it's about coming to Jesus. Your faith is about coming to Jesus. And where else would you want to be? In whose presence would you long to be most of all? In the presence of Jesus. Why? It is well with my soul. In his presence is where we should long to be. And when you get to where he wants you to be, he says, see, I told you that you could trust me. But he doesn't stop. He says, see, I told you that you could trust me. And now follow me a little further with your faith. Faith should always be moving us to the presence of Jesus. We should have enough faith to get us there and hold on, but we should muster up enough faith to get us to the next step of where Jesus wants us to be in His presence. To be a disciple of Christ means growing in Christ, does it not? Sure it does. Scripture teaches that. As one grows, it takes one to new territories. And sometimes, seemingly uninhibited territories. I've never been here before. It's unfamiliar. It's a little scary. But I know I'm okay because I'm with Jesus. Makes a big difference of who you're with in life, doesn't it? Again, my story of me and my brother. My, my brother was older than I am. He's gone to be with the Lord now, but but much older than I am. And, and I always felt better when I was in a conflicted school. And boy, I was in a lot of them. But I always felt better if my brother was looking over my shoulder. Anybody out there? Do you know why? Of course you do. He's my big brother. Who you're in the presence of makes a difference. Long to be in the presence of God. Move your faith. Stay in the presence of God. Growing spiritually is always a choice between comfort and fear. Always. If you get too comfortable, you won't grow. This is where I want to be. Level six, good for me. Level six, man, that is great. I used to be a three, now I'm a six. Woohoo! Who wants to be a perfect ten beside my, besides my wife? A perfect ten. Perfect 10. God wants us to strive for more. If you get too comfortable, you won't grow. If you become too fearful, you won't take the risk and you won't grow. So there's that balance of faith not only moves you, it moves God. And eventually it moves your circumstances. I want to say that again because it's important. Faith not only moves you, it moves God, which eventually moves your circumstances. How do I know that? It is because you have moved with God when you move in faith. 
You've moved with God when you move in faith. And there is nothing that my God cannot do. The thing that you're going through right now, if you move in faith with God, it may be tough to you, but what is tough to God? What is it that God cannot do? If you walk by faith, if you're with God, you can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? That's how it works. He says, don't be afraid, I've got you. In Isaiah 41, 10, put that one up. So do not fear, for I am with you. He tells us. If we're his children, he says, don't be afraid. Just follow me. Just follow me. Isn't that awesome? The God of the universe says, don't be afraid. Just follow me. But Lord, don't take your eyes off of me. Just follow me. But Lord, you don't really, you know, I got to, every time we take our eyes off, every time I take my eyes off of Jesus, I normally find something. You know what that something is? Trouble or fear. That's right. Trouble because I'm human. Fear because I'm scared. When I get my eyes fixed on Jesus, you know what happens? I feel a whole lot better. It still be maybe a little shaky, but I'm trusting. If you're climbing, climbing Mount Everest, and I'm not doing that, okay? But nonetheless, if you're climbing, and the expert that's been doing this for, you know, 30 years, he says, listen closely. For the next 300 yards, it is the most dangerous place to be. Only step where I step. Don't step anywhere that I don't step. Question. Where would you step? And why? You would step where the expert steps because you believe that he can get you to your destination safely. God has said, follow me and I will get you to your destination safely. Faith. It's about faith. Listen, in most cases, Jesus won't force you out. Oh, sometimes he does. He does. Sometimes he forces you out. But he will always ask you to step out. He will ask you to step out in faith. When you are forced out of your comfort zone by God, and occasions he will do that, is it faith? It is if you take a step. If you take a step on your own. Lakeda was absolutely correct, I believe, when he said if there's a thousand steps between you and God, he will take 999, but you must take one. Have you taken a step of faith in the one that promises you eternal life? When you step out in faith or leave your comfort zone, remarkable things can happen because Jesus is connected to to us through our faith. He's connected to us through our faith. Oh yes, it is true that we are forgiven through His blood. We are forgiven through His blood, but we are living in our faith. 
every day. Living life to its fullest takes us, takes moving past our failures, past our fears. To move past our failures takes faith. Faith means taking a step. Staying where you are spiritually may feel comfortable, but I guarantee you it is not where Jesus wants you to stay. Because when you become comfortable in your walk, yours, that is when Satan will attack. When you become comfortable in your walk, that is when Satan will attack. That is why it is necessary to walk by faith daily. And to walk by faith means that you are following the one that is faithful. And his name again is Jesus. Give me an amen. It again, it is the presence of Jesus that brings you the reward of your faith. Let me say that again. Somebody wants to write that down. It's the presence of Jesus that brings you the reward of your faith. And there's no better place. For it is well with my soul. Now for the close. Those of you that are lost, and you hear ministers say that, or maybe you hear me say that from time to time, I want you to listen very closely. When we say that you're lost, it means you're outside, not of God's love. You're not outside of God's love. God loves you. He will never stop loving you, no matter how lost you are. To be lost simply means that you have not accepted the free gift in which God has offered, which is His Son, Jesus the Christ. You've just rejected a free gift of eternal life from God. It means that you are going to stand before God someday, and you're going to have to pay for your sin on your own merits. And you might be saying, I've done really good because I've seen a lot of really bad. Good for you. But it's never enough because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It only takes one chain link. If you're hanging off a hundred foot uh, clip with, on a chain, it only takes one link to break and you're doomed. One sin has to be paid for. All your goodness cannot pay for one sin. Good news. Jesus came, He lived, and He died on a cross for all of your sins. All of them. And if you'll accept that free gift today, He can take you from being lost to being saved. But in that process, those that are lost can be saved today. But you, like anyone else in this room, you must come to Jesus out of and through faith. Ephesians teaches that. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith in what? Not self. Faith. In God. Faith that God paid the price for your sin. When you do, that is when salvation comes. 
Those of you who are hurting for whatever reasons today in your life, you too must come to Jesus in faith. You come to Jesus, we come to Jesus in our hurts, in our pains, in our sorrows. We must come in faith to Him. He can heal you. He can comfort you. And most of all, He can give you the strength to get through what you're getting through. He longs to help His people. He may not answer it the way you hope for. But remember, if it is well with my soul, what else do I need? By faith. Faith is what you do. Faith is what we do. God doesn't do faith. He responds to it. And that's the beauty of God. God sees the end result. He sees you saved. He sees you healed. He sees you moving on in life. He sees you're successful in your walk with Him. He just wants you to have the faith in what He knows already awaits you. Don't focus on your past failures. They will only stop you from being where God wants you to be. Focus on Jesus, for He will lead you as well. Someone is asking, well, what about the new birth? The new birth that Jesus talks about comes after conception. Little Amelia got here through that way. It's God's design. And God's design for you and for me and for all of us is that the seed was planted. Somebody taught you, somebody's teaching you about the love of God for you. And you accept that into your life. And then, at the right time, birth comes. It's necessary. It was necessary for little Amelia to be here. It wasn't God's plan for her always to be in Jessica's belly. It was to give life. And it's the same with us. God longs to give us life through the birth that He talks about in Scripture. One last little thing. I looked it up this morning. You know, in the old songbooks, we used to sing. We still sing on occasions. These words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul? It can be today. God longs for it to be today. And we pray that it's today. Whatever your need is, we're going to stand just a moment to sing a song. And it's just for that. You have a prayer request, a praise, a hurt, a pain, 
maybe it is that you just want to come to know Jesus a little more. Maybe you have a few questions. We'll be glad to answer those as well. Or maybe, just maybe today is the day that you said, you know what? Mom and Daddy planted that seed in me a long ago about Jesus. And I've heard about it throughout my life, but I've never experienced birth. But I want to today. Today can be your day too. Whatever your need is, this is the time to let us know about that so that we can help you walk through that. God bless you. Know that we love you. Come as we stand and sing.